Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Story time. My daughter recently got into a performing arts school, and since I don't have a typical nine to five, I'm around during the day to help her teachers. When she was little, I was that guy in the mommy and me group. Now that she's older, her classes are taking field trips to museums and theaters. The other day, they needed chaperones for a trip to see reproductions of the Sistine Chapel frescoes that were set up in a partially abandoned mall on the east side. So that morning, I drove out to her school and was buzzed inside with the mother of another student. When we got to the principal's office, the secretary's phone rang, and being nosy, I eavesdropped on the conversation. He's a chaperone, she said, but thank you for calling. Somebody outside thought I was suspicious, huh, I said. The secretary smiled. Yeah, we get a lot of calls when men visit the school for these field trips. Since the beginning of the year, my daughter's school has gone on lockdown three times. Two times were after a male student from another school stopped in to see a friend. The other time was when someone heard a gunshot outside. On a normal day, every door is kept locked and everything is monitored by cameras. Visitors have to be buzzed in and show ID in the office. The windows have bars. If not for the sounds of kids playing in the gym... You could mistake her school for a medium-security prison. This is not the world I grew up in. The school I attended never locked its doors. In fact, my buddies and I often found the doors still unlocked at 2 in the morning when we'd sneak in on prank day to set up our surprises. There were no cameras, and when the weather was warm, the doors were propped open to let in the breeze, which always smelled a little bit like manure from the farm across the street. After Columbine, we changed our schools, but we never got around to addressing what inspired Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold in the first place. And what was once a rare tragedy has become commonplace. School shootings have become endemic. According to Education Week, which tracks these murder sprees, 
There were 34 school shootings in the United States last year. And that might be lower than it could have been due to many schools remaining remote until the beginning of the new school year last August. So what is it that motivates a young man to shoot and kill other kids? What exactly is happening in his little twisted mind? That's what I find myself wondering when I'm alone at home in the mornings, waiting for school to end, trusting that I'll see my kids at the end of the day. The answer is there if you care to look. These young white men who shoot up schools have a lot in common, beyond just being white and male. It's how they define what it means to be a man in the United States that seems to be at the root of it all. All right, guys, don't get your panties in a bunch. I'm about to mansplain school shootings to you. So go make me a sandwich and turn up the podcast. This is The Philosophy of Crime, and I'm your host, James Renner. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If we ever had a chance to change things, it was in the days after Sandy Hook. There have been so many school shootings since then, it's likely you've forgotten some of the details of this massacre, or maybe you've gotten part of the story mixed up with others, like Parkland. So first, a quick refresher. Sandy Hook Elementary is located in Newtown, Connecticut, a quiet little suburb where the median family income is well over six figures. It's a nice place to live if you're commuting to Norwalk or Bridgeport. The guy who invented Scrabble lived there. It's a quaint, quiet place. Or was until December 14th, 2012. That morning, 20-year-old Adam Lanza stepped into his mother's bedroom with a 22 caliber rifle and shot her in the head four times. 
Adam was a troubled boy. He never fit in at public school. He couldn't make eye contact with other kids. His mother, Nancy, had homeschooled him for several years because of his erratic behavior. She tried to medicate him but was oddly permissive of his alarming interests, like wanting to shoot guns. She'd take him to the target range to practice. After Adam killed her, he drove her car to Sandy Hook Elementary. Once there, he armed himself with a Bushmaster rifle, which looks like a goddamn machine gun. He took 10 magazines, each holding 30 rounds. The gun was his mother's, by the way, legally owned. Adam found the school doors locked, so he shot through the glass panels and went inside. Principal Don Hochsprung and school psychologist Mary Sherlock were in a meeting and heard the gunshots, but they didn't instantly recognize them for what they were. They went into the hallway to investigate and found Adam there. He shot and killed them both. Minutes later, Adam forced his way into a first-grade classroom. Substitute teacher Lauren Rousseau did her best to save the children, herding them into an attached bathroom. But there was no escape. Adam found them and fired into the group, killing Rousseau, a special needs assistant named Rachel Davino, and 15 little kids, the entire class except for one girl who hid in the corner. When she was reunited with her mother, the girl said, Mommy, I'm okay, but all my friends are dead. But Adam wasn't done. He continued through the school, shooting at anyone he encountered. At some point, he came across a boy who screamed, I don't want to be here. Well, you're here, said Adam before firing again. Next, Adam entered another first grade classroom. The teacher, Victoria Lee Soto, met him at the door. She tried to bluff him, telling him that her kids were in the auditorium. But then a few of the children ran out from under their desks where they were hiding in an attempt to get away. Adam began shooting again as several of the children huddled together in a corner, holding hands. Suddenly, the gun jammed. Six-year-old Jess Lewis realized that his friends had just a moment before Adam fixed the gun. He told them to run. They listened and ran out of the classroom, but then Adam reloaded and fired directly at Jess, killing him. By the time he was done, Adam Lanza had murdered 20 children and six adults. As the police arrived, Adam put a Glock to the base of his skull and pulled the trigger. The last cowardly act in a cascade of cowardly actions. The entire event lasted less than five minutes. That was the time to make some changes to gun laws in America, and for a brief moment, it seemed possible. Some states passed laws limiting guns, but then other states reacted by loosening gun laws so that teachers could be armed, as if more guns was a logical solution. If the murder of 20 first graders wasn't enough to repeal the Second Amendment, which was written 250 years ago, when we were still fighting Indians and bears, before the public school system was even thought up, well, then nothing ever will be. Not in our lifetimes. We must make our peace with the fact that we live in a gun-obsessed society. These guns aren't going away. So we must learn to recognize the type of person who uses them to kill innocent children. Because if we can identify them, perhaps we could help them before they break bad. So what makes a school shooter tick? Two words. Toxic masculinity. When I was a child, 
I was surrounded by guns and hyper-masculine men. I lived on a farm in rural Ohio in a house beside a large forest. By the time I was eight, I could shoot a twenty-two with great accuracy, and I would go hunting with my father. Hunting was a rite of passage, something all boys did, or so I was raised to believe. And in fact, my school gave two days off for hunting season every fall. I liked the bonding time with my dad, but I always hoped we wouldn't see any animals on our trek through the woods. Because if he managed to shoot and kill something, usually rabbit or raccoons, it would be my job to hold the animal upside down over a bucket in the barn while he skinned it. I hated the smell of blood and the way the inside-out body would steam in the cold months. As a child, I was taught to kill. I was taught that it was something every boy should know how to do. And the rifles were never locked. But it wasn't just the shooting that was twisted up in the backcountry's definition of masculinity. I was also taught, like most young men in the United States, that violence is sometimes a respected solution to our problems. I remember being in the fourth grade and dealing with a bully on the playground. His name was Eric, and he and his friends liked to single me out and push me around. I told my old man, and he said the next time Eric came after me, I should punch him in the nose. We even practiced. And a couple days later, Eric started in on me again, and so I hit him. Right in the nose, like I was taught, he started bleeding and crying, and a teacher saw the whole thing. I went to the principal who took the paddle down from his wall and spanked me so hard I felt it when I sat down that night. See, even for the principal, violence was an acceptable response. Now, I never considered shooting up my school, but my experience as a young man in this country is similar to millions of other young men, and some of them will make that connection between temporary anger and ultimate violence. I think maybe the difference was that I never enjoyed hunting very much. Thank God. When I was a little older, I came very close to witnessing a mass shooting firsthand. When I was 17, I worked as a counselor at a Boy Scout camp during the summer. One night, two other counselors, both friends of mine, took a group of scouts into the woods for some remote tent camping. Mike was the older of the two counselors. I'll call the younger one Joe. Sometime during the night, Mike, who was a closeted homosexual, came on to Joe. When met with resistance, Mike overpowered Joe and sexually assaulted him. When they returned the next day, Joe reported it to administration. The camp leaders went to find Mike. They found him at the gun range, where dozens of boys were target practicing. He was seated with a rifle in his hands, waiting for them. I know what Mike was planning because I knew Mike well. He was filled with shame and wished to kill everyone who knew what he did, including himself. In all likelihood, outing himself as gay was more shameful to him than the sexual assault he'd committed. The leaders of this camp would often tell scouts that homosexuality was a sin, a corruption of the mind that should be fixed. One compassionate leader was able to talk him down, though, and Mike handed over the rifle. The cops were called, and after he was interviewed, Mike was allowed to drive home while they continued their investigation. Once he got there, he took his family's gun out of the cabinet, went outside, and killed himself. Now that I'm an adult, I have nothing to do with guns. I don't trust myself or others with them. One last story, 
I recently went back home to attend my 25-year high school reunion. A kid I knew back in the day came up to me after a few beers and said, you know why I was always friendly with the weird kids in school? I'm sure he put me in that group. Why, I asked. Because I never wanted to end up on a hit list if they decided to bring their guns to school. What we have in America is a culture that teaches white boys how to handle a deadly weapon at a young age by also telling them that sometimes it's okay to be violent, that it's part of being a boy. So it's no wonder some of them will make a connection between the two things, especially the white boys who are, on average, privileged enough to live in the areas where hunting is a part of life and have access to money and time to do so. There's a philosopher named Douglas Kellner who shares this view. Kellner is a modern philosopher. He's still alive, teaching at UCLA. He's also the author of the book Guys and Guns Amok, Domestic Terrorism and School Shootings from the Oklahoma City Bombing to the Virginia Tech Massacre. There's an excellent conversation between Kellner and cultural critic Jackson Katz that was first published on the Huffington Post, which you can find in the liner notes of this podcast. I encourage you to read the whole thing. Kellner makes the point early on that there clearly must be some link between masculinity and school shootings, simply because the shooter is never a young woman. In almost every case, it's a young, white male. Kellner believes the shootings are triggered in part by a masculine identity crisis on the part of the perpetrator, who wishes to prove his manliness through acts of violence and to become a kind of macho celebrity. He also sees how the media teaches our boys that violence is very manly and very cool, reinforcing this idea that they could be some kind of hero by committing these mass murders. It is also produced in part by a media, says Kellner, which shows violence as a way of solving problems and is also connected to the escalation of war and militarism in the United States from the long nightmare of Vietnam through the military interventions of the Bush-Cheney administration in Afghanistan and Iraq, as well as escalating societal violence in the media and society at large. End quote. We've been taught that if the United States has a problem, the answer is to bomb the shit out of it. One of the most convincing anecdotes for this theory is the shootings at Virginia Tech, which occurred in 2007, when an undergraduate named Sung Hyu Cho killed 32 people. He'd prepared a multimedia video dossier to be released after the shootings that painted him as a very masculine hero. But in real life, Cho was shy and frail and could not figure out how to engage with women his age without seeming like a creepy stalker. Many recent school shooters like Cho, like Adam Lanza, fit the definition of incels, rageful young men self-described as involuntarily celibate, who believe that they remain virgins not because of their own actions and lack of empathy, but because women don't know their place in society, to be subservient to men. The solution, says Kellner, is to change the way we raise young men in America. Quote, We need to try and put the problem in a broader context of societal violence, the alienation of youth, and the need to reconstruct education and society in order to promote healthier images of masculinity. We also need to reconstruct education to bring in more peace and human rights education, multiculturalism, and the respect for difference, including women's and men's studies, 
ethnic studies, environmental studies, and the philosophy of education more generally. But in order to do that, we have to admit that white men are not inherently deserving of top-tier status in the United States anymore. We have to really start teaching and believing that we are all equal. Take a look at the demographics of Congress, of the Supreme Court. White men are not about to give up that long-standing tradition of power easily. And if you even suggest teaching something like critical race theory in schools, the response is rage to a degree we rarely see in other issues. We know what creates school shooters, but the people in power are reluctant to solve that problem because by doing so, they will have to give up their power. And so we treat the symptoms and not the disease. We lock our kids in brick buildings and put bars on the windows. We teach them to fight back against the inevitable school shooter, to fight violence with more violence. And when another young white boy kills a dozen first graders, we send thoughts and prayers. And then we show our sons how to shoot a twenty-two. The Philosophy of Crime is a Fearful Symmetry production. This episode was recorded by Jeff Koval at the State Level Recording Studio in Fairlawn, Ohio. It was produced and edited by William Mankey. I'm James Renner. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out my new weekly podcast, True Crime This Week. William Mankey also writes the music for this podcast. Look for his other creations, including Genius Dice, wooden dice that will give an artful twist to your gaming night, and his new Dueling Pints drinking game. It's rock, paper, scissors on a pint class. Both are available on Amazon. Until next time, remember, there's a simple but challenging solution to the epidemic of crime. If everybody took the time to make good friends with their neighbors, we would know when someone needs our help before they become a statistic. Don't be fearful of the world. Make friends and make it better. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.